help me, I am in hell, continuity hell that is, because this movie is a fucking joke. Hello and welcome to part 2 of Halloween, my look at the first three Hellzer movies, continuing with the rushed out sequel, Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, from 1988, with a budget three times that of the original, and pulling in over 12 million dollars. Oh and hi, this is here's Johnny's Reviews, and, wel- and welcome as I guide you through the labyrinth of hell. What a mess of a movie this thing is, so let's go on with this thing. Again, I'm all covering the first three movies, because frankly, these as these go on, the worse they get, so I'm not doing them! With Clive Barker busy off doing Nightbreed, the reins went to Tony Randall. So here we are with Hellraiser 2, filmed at Pinewood Studios in early 1988, and set weeks, if not minutes, after the first one here it is, Hellraiser 2, starring Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, Imogen Borman, Kenneth Cranham, and Doug Bradley. Other plot, a sadistic doctor tries taking over hell with help of a mute patient with the knack of solving puzzles. Can Kirsty or Pinhead top him? What is the story behind the Pinhead and the Cinnabites? And will Kirsty get her happily ever after? The movie pulls a Friday the 13th and shows the explosive ending to the first movie. Up comes the titles, and then on to an old-timey radio dial and news reports from the 1940s. As the camera pans, we see a Captain Uniform and we meet Captain Elliot Spencer, played by Doug Bradley, as he plays with a small wooden and brass box before getting turned into the horror icon and his most famous role, Pinhead. It then shows him getting turned into Pinhead, getting his flesh ripped open with Hell's razors and having nails forced into his head. Then. Onto an extreme close-up of the tearful Kirsty, again played by Ashley Lawrence. As we find out, she's in a mental institute, and she's getting quizzed by homicide detective Ranson, played by Angus McGuinness, of Judge Dredd, Hellboy, and Star Wars. Except one TDB thing here, we don't have homicide detectives in Britain, that would be CID. Anyway, he quizzes her on events of the last movie. Onto a cop wearing an NYPD uniform, even though this is supposed to be fucking Britain. We're in eight fucking minutes and this thing has already fucked up its own bloody continuity. As he finds one of Julia's victims of bodies in a wicker basket, even though the first movie it clearly showed her putting her bloody victims in a wardrobe, not a wicker basket. We are then shown shots of a bloody mattress with chains coming out of it. Then, for some reason, we're showing brain surgery. I meet sadistic Dr. Channard, played by Kenneth Cranham, of Their Cake, Hot Fuzz, and Maleficent, as he toys with the exposed parts of the brain, and spots William Hope as one of the doctor's assistants, Kyle McRae. Channard and his assistant walks into the room where Custis is being held and is quickly takes over. However, before Ranson leaves, she tells him to destroy the mattress as Jill will come back. Note, Kirsty's hair here is very Nancy from Nightmare Street 3, a movie I covered last month, check out my archives, many a great streak of course. Later at night, during a thunderstorm, Kirsty is awakened from her sleep and explores the ward, because of course, the ward on the mental institute would be unlocked and pacing a frail around the place. Yes. Mm. Finding a young woman, Tiffany, played by Imogen Borman. Of well, this and multiple TV shows, however, she has that works since 1993. She's caught by Kyle, and we see Tiffany's backstory that she's a mute, a mystery, and has been in the hospital for less than six months and has no family or visits. But she is great at solving puzzles because why not? Kirsty uh, goes back to bed and falls asleep, dreaming of her skinned quote daddy asking for help. I'm in hell, written in blood on the wall. She gets up and tastes it 
for some reason, because why wouldn't you? Tiffany has solved her latest puzzle, a puzzle box made out of Jenga pieces. Anyway, the next morning we see Dr. Charnard going down to the basement of the Mental Institute where we see he's holding dozens of insane people so he can experiment on them. As Kyle does his rounds, he pops in to, to see Kirsty and she tells him she had a visit from her father in hell. So he goes to get Dr. Charnard. However, he overhears him telling the police to send the bloody mattress to his house and not the hospital. Kirsty tells Channard the backstory, and here we get to see new footage and news from Hell is a One of Frank, again played by Sean Chapman, at Julia and his brother's wedding, than the events of the previous movie. After hearing this, Channard tells her he'll investigate into this. That night at his home, which looked like the 80s are thrown up over it, do we see Channard has the mattress? Kyle breaks into the house, sees the mattress and the doctor's collection of the macabre, including paintings and print of the puzzle box and has three of the puzzle boxes under bell jars. What's this? Buy one, go on three in hell for God's sake. Anyway, Channard gets a mental patient for his personal toy box basement, a Mr. Browning, who also plays skinless rank, played by Oliver Smith. As Channard is doing this, Kyle continues snooping around, finding clippings about psychic children, death being the fourth dimension, and then he finds a picture of Captain Elliot. Okay then. Channard returns with Browning, still in a street jacket, due to him thinking he has bugs crawling over his body. Channard lets him out and hands him a straight razor and places it on top of the mattress. As Browning goes to town on his skin, ripping it open, does Julia come out from the mattress and kill him? Seeing this, Kyle runs off. So, with one body, Julia is, is back and is almost fully formed and even has nipples and fingernails. Righty then, continuity be damned! She begs Channard to help her. However, he just stands there in utter shock. And I gotta say, this skinned Julia looks like she's wearing a bloody muscle suit. As every time she moves, you can see the rubber creasing. This may have three kinds of budget, but this thing looks cheap. And note, skinless Julia isn't played by Claire Higgins, but by Deborah Joe. Because I guess Claire Higgins has a no nudity clause then. The next morning, Channard finds Julia, standing with herself in a mirror, leaving bloodied handbrists everywhere, much to his annoyance. That's what he gets for having a pure white minimalist house. And what the hell is he expecting? She has no fucking skin! Oi. He gets her to put on a white suit and puts on electric heaters when she complains of being cold. So not only is Julia almost fully formed, but she can taste and feel things after one kill. Continuity? What the hell is continuity? Channard bandages her up, because I guess that's cheaper. Then dresses her in a grey dress, yet not one drop of blood on it. Okay then, this movie's logic is even worse than the first. The two dance and kiss with him, feeling her up. Righty. Cut to... What every good horror film with it so has, a shower scene with Kirsty showering. As she leaves, Kyle tells her he now believes her and they must leave now. She tells him she needs a puzzle box and he'll need to get it for her. Up at the house during a thunderstorm, Julia kills a naked female patient. As the camera pans around the room, we see she's killed dozens more. Why? She was almost fully formed. Did she try on the skins and not like them and demand another one? Surely the skin is a bloody skin. Now she's in Julia's skin once again, put by Claire Higgins, complete with long pink fingernails, makeup, and a fashionable 80s haircut. Note Julia is supposed to be the big bad, but audiences wanted Pinhead, so she was dropped like a hot potato. She was supposed to be the Queen of Hell or a Desire Demon, what the hell Clive Barker called her, but it was dropped. 
as Channard leaves, Kirsty and Kyle break in and Kirsty finds Channard has three boxes under bell jars. However, they are all fake or are they fake? Because later on in the movie, we see his patients have been playing with the boxes and chains are stuck to their heads. So are they fake or are they not fake? Kyle looks around the house, not smelling the dozens of dead bodies, and is found by Julia, who quickly kills him. As this is happening, Kirsty looks through the clippings and finds a picture of Captain Elliot. Julia sucks life out of Kyle and it fixes her back as this was the final piece of her exposed skin. And it fills out of her body also. She now have muscle mass now. Yay! Kirsty hears this and investigates and is bitch slapped by the now fully formed Julia, proclaiming she is now an evil queen and not just an evil stepmother. Channard shows up with Tiffany who he gets to solve the puzzle box, which is the easiest fucking puzzle box to solve. All you need to do is run your finger off the top button and press it and BOOM! It opens itself! As she does this, she hears chains rattling but continues to do so. Finally opening it, the room fills with static electricity and every piece of glass explodes as Pinhead and Co show up and multiple doorways to hell open up. Even though, in the first one, it only had one doorway. But now there's like six or seven for crying out loud. Continuity? What the hell's continuity? Note, this is not the same female Cinnabite as the first one, as the actress refused to return. This one she's played by Barbara Barbie, rather wild, and all the rest of the Cinnabites are played by the same actors from the first movie. Pinhead doesn't let the Cinnabites rip Tiffany apart, even though any other time the box opened, it sends out hooked chains. Instead, saying it wasn't her opened it, but it was Desire that opened the box for them. Cut to Julia, leading Channard down the hallways of hell. The box shuts itself as Tiffany hears sinister fairground music which she goes to investigate because of course she would investigate sinister fucking fairground music in the hallways of hell. Oh god this movie's terrible. Meanwhile upstairs Kirsty comes to and finds hell's doorways opened, runs into a hallway after picking up the box and tries to find her daddy. Tiffany is then shown in Hell's Circus as she walks into a Hall of Mirrors and we get her backstory. She walks through the Hall of Mirrors, we see an eyeless clown juggling his own eyeballs, a plastic baby with its mouth sewn, sewn shut and her mother has been taken away with a man wearing black gloves. Tiffany then walks to the centre of the maze and sees the Lord of the Cinnabites, a gigantic diamond of the puzzle box spinning and looking much like a lighthouse as it's shining a black beam of light which shows you your own personal hell. Meanwhile, Kirsty is lost in a maze, however, finds herself in her childhood home with pictures of her mother, however they quickly start filling with blood and around spins around and she's turned into her own personal hell, as the pictures turn into a picture of Julia and Pinheads and co show up to taunt Kirsty, turning the puzzle box into a diamond shaped box. Kirsty screams she doesn't open the box and demands her father back. Pinhead just stands there and laughs at her, telling her, he's in his own personal hell, miles away from where she's standing. Back with Julia, showing Channard the portals of hell, including a man and woman having sex over and over. Kirsty is, is now free to run around hell, lost in the maze. Out of nowhere, Tiffany finds her just like that, where she put bloody bloodhound, for fuck's sake. <sighs> Got to say, I'm getting a lot of Nightmare on Street 3 from this. The mute person, the person's own personal hell, Kirsty dressed like Nancy, etc, etc. Julia finally shows Channard the centre of hell, and note the Falkhorns are supposed to be saying God in Morse code. Julia tells Channard this isn't his god, but hers, Leviathan, the god of the dire, flesh and the labyrinth, and indeed the Cenobites. 
As the Black Beam hits Channard, we see he's been cutting up animals as a kid and has been torturing his patients unnecessarily, trying to find a fourth dimension or psychic link or whatever the fuck he's doing with the brain surgery. It doesn't actually say what the hell he's doing. Julia pushes Channard into a giant puzzle box wardrobe type thing and turns him into a Cinnabite as he's pumped with blue fluid and he has his blood drained. His face is then cut open with cheese wire and he's taken away as Julia just walks off smirking. Back with Kirsty, she finds her dad's house in hell, but enters it, finding not her father, but her uncle Frank. That's called her, not her father, well no shit, Sherlock, as he's stuck in his own personal hell, having naked woman calling him for sex, but him unable to touch them. Frank somehow has his own skin on, and is once again played by John Chapman, as I said, using his real voice, this time and not being badly dubbed. Kirsty quickly escapes Frank and burns his hell down somehow. Frank's skin burns off and he's now skinless again. Even though he was in Larry's skin last time we saw him. His brother, that is, and Julia's husband, in case you missed the first review and did the first movie. Why is he in his own skin? Mm, okay then. I guess this is what happens when your male lead refuses to come back and it fucks up your already fucked up movie. Julia then shows up out of nowhere with Tiffany, strips out Frank's heart and throws it away, smiling, and Frank just drops dead in hell, even though he's already dead, but why is he dead twice now? Kirsty and Tiffany run for it. Kirsty falls, dropping the diamond puzzle box. They continue to run through the never-ending hallways of hell. Julia finds a diamond-shaped puzzle box and picks it up. Channard is now a Cinnabite, or Dr. Hell as I'm going to call him, returns from his hell, is quickly stuck in the head by a large maggot-like creature, and is now turned into hell's new lead Cinnabite. Back with Kirsty and Julia, as Julia taunts, Kirsty can never hold on to anything, as Hell tries to have her sucked into a portal. Kirsty pushes into it, but Tiffany sees she's holding onto the puzzle box and pulls her out, only for her skin to rip open at the back and for her to be sucked into Hell and indeed oblivion never seen again or even mentioned again. Not picking up the box, ever, they just run for it back to reality, back to the hospital, where they find Channard has killed all the patients in weird and creative ways, and he floats like the vampire kid from Salem's Lot to show them his new form. This doctor has turned into some sort of Freddy wannabe with shape shifting powers and indeed weird tentacle things out of the palm of his hands. Kirsty runs into a room with the Cinnabites and it's on Pinhead versus Dr. Channard or Dr. Hill. Before this, Kirsty shows Pinhead a photograph of him as Captain Elliot and he starts to remember. Then barges Dr. Channard, Cinnabite, as Pinhead tries to chain him. This doesn't work as he has the full power of Leviathan behind him. He quickly kills the Cinnabite minions, turning him back into human and we see Butterball was a fat guy, Chatter was a teenager, and the female Cinnabite was some goth chick. He then turns Pinhead back to Captain Elliot and slits his throat unclimatically, and he just dies. Tiffany and Kirsty run off, and Tiffany tells her she has to return to hell to solve the puzzle box and end this once and for all. So, with that, they run back into the hallways of hell, get the puzzle box, return to the centre of the maze, and as the black beam hits them, we see more... Tiffany's backstory that Channard killed her mother in order for him to kidnap her into solving the Lament puzzle box. Uh, Dr. Hell pops up from nowhere and menaces Tiffany and note as he's hanging you can clearly see the strings holding him up and he has ridiculous tentacle hand thingies. Kirsty runs off just before the doctor can force Tiffany into a puzzle box wardrobe thingy to turn into a Cinnabite does Julia show up out of nowhere hold her still she kisses the doctor 
as Tiffany solves a puzzle, turning the Leviathan in from a diamond to a box shape while doing so. Dr. Hell tries to stop this, but it's too late for failing the Leviathan, his head has ripped off his body. Oh yeah, and surprise, it wasn't Julia, but Kristen, Kirsten rather, in the skin of her dead stepmother. And you try to say to me, Kirsten, or our Kirsty, got naked, get into her evil stepmother's skin, put the dress over the top of it, and returned to, oh my, never mind. With that, she picks up Tiffany and... Sorry, she stops Tiffany from falling into the depths of hell. The two hug and run for it as a Leviathan turns into a giant puzzle box. It fires out electric bloody skull, fuck you, electric skulls. 80s fucking CG style and the doors slam shut. The two barely make it back into reality as the doors slam shut. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot, Tiffany can now talk. The two leave the room. As the camera shows us around the hospital, we see reeves of all the people channeled killed. No policemen, no investigation, just Reeves. Nice. They leave the hospital via the gardens and they walk off into the sunset hand in hand. Happily ever after. We then see Channers home with two removal men clearing away the doctor's stuff. One goes into the bedroom and sees a mattress and is pulled in by Pinhead and note this was supposed to be Julia, but it wasn't. It was changed last minute to Pinhead. The other one finds this. I think sees a spinning wooden totem pole rising from a mattress with Pinhead, Julia, the mute baby, the bum from the first movie, and Frank asking, what's your pleasure, sir, as credits roll. So, that was Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, a complete mess of a movie with little to no continuity. This just feels like a rushed sequel, which it was, and even though this was three times the budget, this thing looks cheap. It drags and is far too paddy for its own goods. So I'm going to give this thing a one chattering Cenobite out of ten. I hated this movie. So come back next week for my look at Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Then my look at Stephen King's The Shining. Can he do better than Kubrick? He thought so. November is bad video game movies such as Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. December is festive funnies such, a, such as Christmas Vacation and Santa's Sleigh. January is John Carpenter movies such as The Fog and The Thing. Don't forget to leave a like and comment and subscribe to my SoundCloud. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of The Omen, Psycho, The Fly, Resident Evil and many more. Also my solo podcast of Evil Dead 2, Scream, Aliens and more. And a bye-bye. Oh, and no tears. It's such a waste of good suffering. And besides, I'll be back next week with more sites for you to listen to.